right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it's a 12 questions version of the podcast with Chase Briscoe. Now, Chase Briscoe is a 22-year-old driver for Brad Keselowski Racing in the Truck Series, where he is currently fifth in points after the Las Vegas race last weekend. So he's in pretty decent shape. Chase is actually coming off a third-place finish at Las Vegas, which was one of the best races of his career. He led 40 laps there. So let's hear what he had to say in this week's 12 questions. All right, everybody, I'm here with Chase Briscoe. And Chase, the first question is, how much of your success is based on your natural ability and how much has come from working at it? Um, I think to a certain extent, natural ability can, can carry you a certain way. But, um, you know, you're not going to get good at pit stops or, you know, restarts just by natural ability. you got to really work at that. And I think that's where you see guys win a lot of races is they do that extra work and they do their homework. And natural ability can only carry you so far. And uh, I feel like that's what kind of separates the champions from the non-champions is that the champions, I feel like, work at it on all areas and know where they can win and win and lose races. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like I have a decent amount of natural ability, but at the same time you have to work at it at the same time. So Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, um, Carl Edwards, soon to be Dale Jr. have all either retired or retiring soon. Uh, what's your pitch for fans of theirs to become fans of yours? I feel like uh, me personally, I'm kind of that old school driver. I don't have family backing or a big sponsor. And uh, literally straight out of high school, I moved to North Carolina and was sleeping on couches and, and volunteering at race shops and somehow convinced the team to let me drive for them. So I feel like that's kind of like how the old days, you know, all those guys were. So that's probably my my sales pitch is that I am kind of that throwback guy that that's kind of one of the few I, I guess it's done it that way in the at least the last 10 15 years so uh, I guess that's why I should be your guy what was the limit for sleeping on somebody's couch like did you ever say you're welcome at times like after a while they're like hey you got it you got to move on to another couch uh well I stayed at one in particular for a really long time and I worked a deal is like 50 bucks for two months so I could at least afford that but yeah um after a while, he was eventually like, you could tell he's kind of getting upset. But, uh, yeah, I stayed there for like a year and a half. I was there for a long time. But, uh, yeah, he was uh, nice enough to let me stay there. And if I wasn't staying there, I don't know where I would have been. I would have been on the streets, I guess. <laughs> Who was this? Uh, his name was Ross Weiss. Me and Bell actually both stayed there for a couple months. But, uh, yeah, he, he works for the World of Outlaws, so I knew him through sprint car racing. And uh, he always says that if me and Bell ever make it a cup, that couch might be in the Hall of Fame or something crazy. <laughs> Um, so what is the hardest part of your job away from the racetrack? Uh, I think just balancing everything out. I feel like there's a lot of travel involved and uh, just the sacrifice you have to make. You know, you might not be able to be at family events or, uh, you know, family holidays. And that, that part of it's tough for sure. But I think just the travel and, um, you know, how much goes into it outside of the racetrack. I don't think people realize. I know I personally didn't realize how busy NASCAR guys were. I thought, you know, they raced on weekends and had the whole week off, and that's definitely not the case. It's not at the truck level, and I know for sure it's not at the cup level. So uh, it's just tough to, to balance everything outside of the racetrack, I think. Let's say a fan spots you eating dinner. You're at some fancy restaurant or something. Should they approach you for an autograph or no? Yeah, I'd be surprised if anybody even recognized me, though, honestly. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm all for that. I, I always try to go out of my way to even, you know, when we're walking out to the you know starting lineup deal or whatever, that I try to at least stay there as long as I can. But, yeah, absolutely. What's a story in NASCAR that doesn't get enough coverage? 
Um, I think the the behind the scene guys, the guys at the shop. I feel like you're only as good as the race car that you're in, and there's a lot of people that put countless hours in. And I mean, there's guys that stay at the shop till ten, eleven at night that never even get recognized when it comes down to it. I feel like the guys behind the scenes definitely don't get the coverage. I feel like the drivers and the crew chiefs obviously get a lot of coverage, but if it wasn't for that guy, you know, doing tear down or, or building, you know, truck arms or whatever, then we wouldn't even get to go to the racetrack. So I think that's the biggest thing. Who was the last driver you texted? Ooh, there was a lot of them I texted today trying to figure this place out. I think uh, actually the last one would have been Larson. I, I texted him a little bit ago, and um, he was curious about what the VHT stuff was doing, and I had been asking him a ton of questions. So, yeah, Kyle. So are there a lot of cup guys that will help you out if you have questions? Yeah, for the most part. Uh, obviously, it's a lot of the time the sprint car guys, so obviously Larson and uh, I've reached out to Tony Stewart and, and Jeff Gordon's helped me out in the past, but, uh, yeah, between Brad and Kyle, those are normally my go-tos I would say. And then uh, outside of the cup guys, I do talk to bell and Cole Custer quite a bit. So uh, there's a couple guys that at least I have to lean on and that makes it really nice going to a lot of these racetracks. Do you consider race car drivers to be entertainers? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think people come for entertainment, so uh, they're paying to watch his race and you know a lot of the entertainment a lot of the times not on the racetrack so whether that's you know guys getting in arguments or fighting or whatever so yeah, absolutely I think we're entertainers okay this is an important question here what is your middle finger policy on the racetrack I've never given one so I don't I don't have one to be honest I mean I, I've received a couple but I, I'm not a guy that's going to go out there and, and go cuss somebody out after the race or flip somebody off so I mean if you want to do it more power to you but I'm not too worried about it. Is that because you don't get mad inside the truck or do you just show it in a different way or just keep it internal? I just, I don't really get too mad. I mean, I get mad, but I keep it internal. I was just raised different. Like if I ever got into somebody, my dad would make me go apologize to him because I knew that I would have got my head thumped if I didn't. So uh, I was kind of raised the old school way, I feel like. And uh, I was just taught you don't need to be doing that. Just focus on racing. Some drivers keep a payback list in their minds for negative reasons. Do you have a payback list for positive reasons, like if somebody cuts you a break on the track? Yeah, I mean, I think I race people how they race me typically. I mean, I've never tried to wreck anybody on purpose, but, I mean, if guys give me a little extra room and it's early in the race and, you know, or we're struggling, then I'll normally typically give it back to them or whatever. So uh, I feel like there's guys that I definitely race harder than others, but, I mean, we're racing everybody hard, but there is guys that I feel like you tend to give a little bit more of a, a break to. Who's the most famous person you've had dinner with? Ooh, that's t probably Brad. Yeah, Brad would <laughs> have to be the one. Yeah, he's probably the only famous guy I've ever really had dinner with for sure. So, yeah, Brad. Okay. Uh, what is something about yourself you'd like to improve? My eating habits. I'm like the pickiest eater in the entire world. Like, I just ate pizza rolls, so... Uh, I'm like super picky. I've never had a hot dog. I, I don't really eat fruits or vegetables. So I feel like that's one thing that I can work out as much as I, I want to. But until I start getting my eating habits right, it's not going to really be much benefit. So yeah, definitely my eating habits. So is it not enough healthy food or just there's just certain foods you just don't like? I just don't like a lot of the foods, like the texture and the taste of it. Like I'm just really, I don't know. I've always been that way ever since I was little. Like I've only had steak maybe two or three times in my life. Like, yeah, I'm just super picky. Chicken? I eat chicken, but not very much grilled chicken. I just recently, like, within the past year and a half ago, started eating grilled chicken. And, like, I can't eat chicken on the bone. Like, it's just very processed diet. So, like, so what do you, like, what's a typical meal then? You're just, like, heating something up in the microwave? 
a lot of the time we're going to fast food. I mean, a large majority of it is, yeah. Um, I The only, like, healthy, healthy thing I feel like I eat, and it's not the healthiest thing, is, like, grilled chicken and rice. I, I like a lot of rice, but uh, that and, like, pasta. But, yeah, I'm, it's a very narrow path to stuff I do actually eat. Um, so this is kind of awkward, but the the last interview I did was with Jimmy Johnson, and he had gotten a question from Scott Dixon, and the question from Scott Dixon, Jimmy Johnson was what kind of underwear does he wear boxers or briefs kind of thing. So, um, I told Jimmy Johnson, my next interviews with you. And he's like, Oh, we'll just pass on this question. He seemed to, he seemed to know, but he's like, we'll pass on that question. So he wants you to now answer, uh, boxers or briefs. I'm a boxers guy. Yeah, definitely boxers. Always have been. Okay. I, this just—it's. I, I, I never thought Jimmy Johnson would ask me that personally, but yeah, that's uh, one thing I have to tell my buddies is that Jimmy Johnson was curious what kind of underwear I wore. <laughs> it just—it just—it's so awkward for me to ask that and then just be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, great answer, great answer." Anyway, um, do you? I don't know who the next interview is going to be with because I haven't planned that far out yet. But do you have a question I be, might be able to ask another driver? Oh man, it's really depending on who it is. But um, my question would have to be: Is is outside of NASCAR? what would be the biggest race you would like to win? Like for me personally, it'd be Chili Bowl. So outside of NASCAR, what's a big marquee event you'd like to win? Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. All right, everybody. So there you have it. Thanks to Chase for doing the interview. And sorry that I had to ask him an underwear question. Two awkward 12 questions in a row with the underwear question. But thankfully, he's put an end to that streak for next week. And we can get back to some questions where I don't blush while I'm asking them. So that's a good thing. I want to give some patron shout outs before we go today on the podcast. And those this week include Don Hollis, Dave Quick, Robert Aceto, and Sean Risley. Thank you all. And uh, there's more patron shout outs to come. I'm trying to space them out a little bit, but I appreciate everyone who has uh, upped their pledge recently or decided to pledge, um, especially after some others decided to delete their pledges in the wake of the whole national anthem kneeling controversy and all that stuff coming up next on the podcast it's a social spotlight with justin algeyer it was fun to sit down and talk with him at dover about social media use and how it's evolved during the time he's been on and he's always um, a good talker so that's the next episode hopefully you will check that out tomorrow until then talk to you next time on the untitled jeff gluck podcast